Well, again, thanks for listening today. This is Stepping Into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from Allah 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Um, on today's episode, oh my gosh, Jazz, seriously, how did you describe Patrick again? Oh, our ray of sunshine friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he likes that or not. But yeah, I mean, he was so positive. Yeah, we've had quite a bit of people so far. I mean, but I mean, we've had a few people back from uh, from season one so far. Jenny Lynn Jorgensen and Jacqueline Lachelle are new, but uh, Patrick was is from season one as well. Um, tells his story on uh, on that episode, kind of his background, personal struggles. Um, but this time, he had a lot of good to say about freedom from. And here's the episode this time: freedom from self criticism. Um, and once again, thanks to Jess for her excellent note taking skills, which I am more improv. Um, oriented, so <laughs> why don't you go ahead and start off just with some of the things you were impressed with. Well, it was incredible talking with Patrick. He just, he's such a good example about, you know, taking some really difficult stuff, really heartbreaking. Yeah, and, and you were just like, he just kind of blew and that, he just it like, out there. Just like, bloop, like, yeah, that happened. But now, <laughs> like, now look at all these tools he has to... Yeah to grow himself and help other people grow and just to have so much compassion for others i think when you go through a trial that's one of the big things that you learn is you get that big heart because you can have you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes so much better than if nothing bad ever happened to you you have such a deeper understanding so like i could tell you know like he's lived it he's yeah, and there's, there's nothing yeah. like first-hand experience to be able to say, like, with Rashawn Jackson, when I, I was mentioning about them, right? It's like, when you, was it you who asked them, you know, did you find peace and hope through it in the end? Did it, did it get to the point where you were okay again? And she's, something like that. And she's just like this one short, powerful word, yes. And it means more coming from someone who's been through it. It's like with, mic drop. Yeah, with Patrick. Yeah, he can, Patrick <laughs> can mic drop, right? Kind of like, I don't know if this is going to be a poor taste or not, but like the Angel Moroni recently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just loved how, you know, he, he said that he was able, he loves people so much and he had this really cute subway story that you guys are just going to love. Like, oh yeah. Oh gosh. Wait for the subway story. It's so mm-hmm. fun. But like that can't happen unless you love yourself first. Yeah. And I love that he, you know, he looked to God for his self-worth. Yes. And for yes. what God was going to say about right? him. Right? And it's like, I mean, tune into, like, especially pay attention to the part, guys, where he says um, that like, you, you, you kind of have to get to that point where you, you, have, you give yourself permission to love yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, then you can't see, like, you have to be able to see yourself through the Lord's eyes. He mentions a little bit about that, too, so. Um, yeah, and, and then it doesn't happen overnight, you know, yeah, like that, learning to love yourself and learning to be patient with yourself. Because all of us, I mean, God gives us weaknesses. Like we're just built in. It's built mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that, you like, know, stuff's like, going to uh, happen. Like Colette and I were watching A Wrinkle in Time. There's a part in there where, was it, I don't remember which, is, which misses it was, who said, um, uh, I give to you the, the gift of your weaknesses. Oh, yeah. I remember that word, part. Right? And that's what God does. He's like, I'm give, it's a gift because what he's doing is saying, this is just to keep you humble. You're supposed to love yourself because I do, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's like compared it to breaking the speed record. It doesn't happen all at once. You acclimate yourself to a new yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of have to kind of push the boundary that, uh, that you're comfortable with until you can poof, finally break through there. And then once you've done that, it's like, oh, wow, look what I can do now. You know? mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love it. So. Yeah, I loved getting to know him a little bit. Yeah. It was wonderful. And I think that he's going to help so many people just because I think it's something we all kind of struggle with mm-hmm. a little bit. Because mm-hmm. well, like the, the part he mentioned too, and uh, I don't give too much away about this one, but the inner child thing. It reminds me right now, just just now, it reminds me of that. Uh, where is that sculpture? I don't know if you've seen it online. There's, he has like the kind of the wire framing of the two models of the adults, then their backs are oh, facing each other. The, and away inner, from each and other. the inner childs are kind of like, but I still love you kind of thing. Right? Uh-huh. And then, yeah. He mentioned the inner child thing, like talking to your inner child, if you will, to yourself, giving your childhood self permission to say, to, to say the things that they need to say. Um, like some you some about you like you were talking the other day. Let the kid in you say something that they need to say. Let them get it out. So like, oh, what's the other part in that movie, Wrinkle in Time, where it says uh, I'm gonna adapt what she says. I think it's Mrs. What's it who says she says the wound is the place where the light enters you. I say, and Claude as well when we were watching it, the wound is the place where Christ can enter you. And wow. like. Yeah. That's true. If you can't, if you don't expose that, if you don't let the things, is it say what you wanna say and let the words fall out, right? And that's what you gotta do, even if it's just with yourself. So yeah, he has some good stuff about that. Yeah. So yeah, I think they'll really enjoy this one. Yeah. It was great. It's gonna be great, guys. So enjoy, and we'll be back after it's over. So we have a super, super awesome interview today with Patrick Risk, and I would say more about him right now, but he's such a happy guy that I'm going to let him introduce himself today. Oh, <laughs> happy to have you with us. Thanks. Good to be with you. Yeah. So I've been on the podcast before, um, so I have, my, I have my Brightness of Hope page that I, I manage, um, and so we're, we're now at 5,000 people, so that's awesome. That's great. That is super cool. Um, and so, and then, um, yeah, just stay busy with work. I'm, I work as a planning manager at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to cover the Utah area, um, and then I'm working on two special projects right now with the presiding bishopric's office and then our area presidency, which are keeping me very busy. <laughs> I bet. Yes. Yeah, so, and then obviously, coronavirus is just changing everything. So that's that's fun too. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like this whole weekend, you like both of you and I know like both of our lives have just been like like everything is canceled. Yes. 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 <laughs> it is not awesome in some ways, but it's canceled. That's for sure. Yeah. But. Yeah, grocery stores are crazy. Have you? Yeah, well, I went to Costco today, and we had to walk all like the line went all, all the, the way. way around the building yeah. twice. It's just crazy. See, it wasn't quite like that at Walmart, but there's this guy with this huge stack of toilet paper. I, I had my like I'm a CNA. I have my gloves in my car with me, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like I, I look at the guy, and I'm like, um, dude. Hey, by the way, I held up my gloved hand. I'm like, this is all you need to do. Okay, yeah. I promise. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that by next week it like calms down a little bit. People just. Deep breaths. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Everything so is actually to, awesome, yes, you know. Like, <laughs> we're going yeah. to be okay. So, so but yeah, right now, everybody's just stockpiling. So, <laughs> yeah. who was that? That so person who actually posted a, a, a picture of was he even over Holland? Who was at Costco? I'm yeah, like, he was. Yeah, <laughs> with his glasses on. Yeah, I'm like, I can't so much people saying. Well, he did it. Like he's not stockpiling. Yeah, and you saw his cart. It was like not full. Yeah. Okay, so to get on with uh, the awesome sauce story I'm sure you have about overcoming said hard thing alongside the Savior, mm-hmm. um, through which you were free 
from something. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be excited to hear what that is, so why don't we begin with that? Yeah, so I thought it would be good to talk about, I think we're all much too hard on ourselves frequently, um, and so I wanted to talk about you know, freedom from um, self-criticism. Um, we're often One. our own worst <laughs> critics. Yeah. Um, um, and so definitely the saviors are our best help in, in overcoming that self-criticism. And he fills the gaps and makes mm -hmm. it so that we are much, much more than we could be on our own. Um, and so uh, my story, um, and I've shared a little bit, about this in the past in multiple podcasts and places, but I was sexually abused um, starting at the age of six until about 12 by um, a family member that was 10 years older than me. Um, um, and so that all kind of came out um, when I was about like 16, 17, mm -hmm. and it came out in the form of an eating disorder is how it, how it came yeah. out, which... Um, um, so I didn't really turn to the eating disorder ne necessarily out of body image or anything. It was more out of a feeling of control. Um, I could control one thing in my life, and that was what I put yeah. into my body. Because what you were not in control of was just torturing you. Yes, exactly. And the abuse and all the feelings and things that surrounded that. So when I, was, I got to super low weight with my eating disorder, it was going to be hospitalized. My parents were wondering what was going on and so they they had me see a, a therapist and then through that is when the abuse came to light and then that was a, a long process of going through that and the healing journey on that but definitely throughout it at multiple times um, in multiple instances I was very critical of myself obviously um, from the moment of and uh, many victims of abuse will feel that they'll blame themselves yeah. say I, I should have been able to stop this or I, I should have spoken up earlier or something yeah exactly yeah. and, and yeah, that's where the rain was too up in Canada it's just like you know, it went on for 15 years because the threats actually made her scared it's like if I speak up maybe I'll get more hurt even more you know yeah and and then especially when it's a if it's a family member as well you're oh I'm gonna tear apart my family or I can't do that to them or all those what types if? of things yeah. yeah and so um and so yeah it's that's really I think what I wanted to talk about today is just that that kind of path of self-criticism that we often find ourselves on and and Mm -hmm. We need to stop looking back at, like you said, the what ifs, um, and and start looking at the what nows and the what can. Yeah, be. I remember you saying so, that a while ago. And yeah. wow, there's that was a, beautiful. Uh, a set of yeah. posts you did in the Brightness of Hope group about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that was super. Yeah, what was your, what now instead of what if? Yeah, yeah. Love yeah, that. Yeah. And how yeah. can we move forward with you know? Obviously, life is hard. <laughs> and it is not fair at times, um, yeah. but. We can't, so it's, it's like that quote from President Nielsen of, you know, I'm going to butcher it, but something <laughs> about the, the joy of our lives is so much more than the circumstances, it's more about the focus of yes, our lives. Yes, um, And so if we can focus on what's ahead of us rather than what's behind us sometimes. Because you can't change the past. Because you can't change the past, and so, but we can change the future. Um, and and that, that's the beauty of agency too, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm actually interested to hear, hear more your thoughts about this, Jess, too, is, is that's the beauty of agency, is that, you know, oh, you have a bunch of, I think there's a fair number of people out there today who would, you know, well, you know, Heavenly Father is in control of everything. Well, yes, he is, but he honors agency. And therefore, because, he, you know, the most powerful being in the universe honors our agency, 
that gives us power literally to do just that, to yeah. change the future. We can do that. Yeah. And again, the gift of agency is so complicated because everybody's got the gift of agency. And so somebody's <laughs> agency is going to impact our agency. And that's just the nature of the fallen state that we're in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, again, you get a, and I know this sounds over simplistic, especially for those that are in the <laughs> moment of pain, um, but it's, you do get to choose how you react to situations. Um, whether you're going to go down a dark path of, of self-blame and, and regret and all these things, or if you're going to take a path of choosing a brighter, a brighter way, um, which is focusing on the positive, the things that you totally. can do to, to, make, to change your situation or to look at um, what you can do to be more happy. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, that's, I, I think, um, one of like, I love what you mentioned there with, with President Nelson, where he's like, it's more has to do with the focus than on of our lives than, than on the circumstances, right? I know you have a ton of experience with that too. Yeah. No, so. it's absolutely true. It's a true principle. I've, I've lived it. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that you're saying really rings true. Like when somebody is hurting you, you do to like, it just seems like if you blame yourself, then you have control over it. Mm-hmm. And if you can have control over it, then you, you know, you're the safe one, even though you had no control over it yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. But like we tend to do that to each other. And um, I mean, that happened to me in a different, in a different way. And in my past marriage, it was very difficult. And I remember that I put a lot of criticism on myself too like okay maybe I'm just not doing this enough maybe I'm just not good enough maybe I'm just not pretty enough maybe you know whatever mm-hmm. and it, yeah like you said it, it kind of it's like oh, wait, if it's my but, fault I can fix it yeah and it's like well hold on a minute there's a misdirection there right so yeah right like I had to have somebody literally pounded into my head like hey this wasn't your fault yeah like that has because it's so hard to let go of that control yeah. at least for me yeah. it was really hard yeah it's just this vicious cycle of like you said it feels in a warped way it feels like you're in control but you're actually totally out of control <laughs> right when you're in that blame be, cycle because yeah. you're, you're trying to change something yeah. that you can't yeah. change because on your you own. can't change the other person uh, no. at all uh-huh well, you can change. And you can come up with a whole lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms to try to make yourself think that you can do it, yeah. and when you really yeah. can't. Like, no. I'll tell you one from like from my personal experience. Like when it comes to sexual addiction, for example, it's like there's a state of mind that addicts get into, and, and at least in that particular one, where it's like, oh well, maybe I, okay, I gotta stop this, but I'll just okay, I'll just whew, I'll breathe and I'll, I'll grit my teeth and I'll just nose to the grindstone and we'll just. Ugh. Oh, let's just stop and then after a certain enough time okay it's been long enough I'm okay now yeah, nobody needs to know yeah. and it's like mm, that's not quite how it works yeah. you cannot do it on your own you need Christ's help because at that Absolutely. point your brain has gotten so warped by you being too close to the situation yeah. you can't see how little choice how, like, how much you've actually given up yeah. your agency yeah. and to get it back you're going to need a little help a yeah. lot of help and I think not only yeah Absolutely, we need Christ's help, but I think we also need one another's help as well, and that's yeah. how Christ has genuinely mentioned that too. Set yeah. it up. And, tra- and that's when that was the spirit of my brightness of hope page. I wanted individuals to feel like they had a place, a safe place where they could go to share their story, because I feel like when we share our story um, and get into the bring out into the light what we sometimes hide in the dark, 
something incredible happens. Other people see your story or hear your story right. and go, I'm not alone. Yeah. I experienced that too. Oh, I feel that yeah, too. Like <gasps> and then a community is created, and in that community, we create a space for healing and um, safety. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was actually telling uh, my girlfriend Colette about like just was it uh, yesterday or this morning? One of the two. <laughs> I forget what it was. I was like, oh yeah, it was last night. Like those wounds that people have from you know addictions, from abuse, from things like that, they can't be healed. If they're not exposed, exactly. they can't mm-hmm. be. You have to give them the attention they need in order right. for those things to be healed. Yeah, yeah. And it's and and again, in terms of that self-criticism that we often apply to ourselves, we feel like we're the only one. Or if anybody knew the things that I've done, or that I've thought about, yeah. or that I've felt, they would think I'm the most horrible, awful yeah. person in the world. Yeah. And that is beyond not true because. When you open up, and I'm not saying go air all your dirty laundry on social media, but at the same time, I'm saying that when you open up and allow for that space of vulnerability, other people, you you provide an invitation to them to also be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then you see that you're not alone. Yeah. Everybody feels this way, mm-hmm. or everybody you know, thinks that at absolutely. times, and, and we, or, we're in this together. Let's mm-hmm. work yeah. together. Well, I, what you said there reminded me of this blog interpreter back. It's called, the title is, Show Me Your Dash and I'll Show You Mine. Yeah. And the dash is from a, uh, I saw it in a, it was a talk, it was a BYU speech. I, I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll put the link in the description to the episode, but um the guy was talking about Doctrine and Covenants. Mm-hmm. The Savior's bearing his testimony of his of the atonement, right? He says, how sore you know not, how hard to bear, however that phrase is. But at the end of that verse, I think it's verse 18 in that section. I forget what it is. There's a dash at the end of the, of the mm-hmm. verse. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy who gives the BYU speech says, "Why? Wait, there's a dash there. Why didn't he finish his thought, right? What's in that dash? Yeah. And the, the idea I thought got behind from my, my blog entry on that one little thing was, how many of us are hiding something as well? The Savior, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't hiding something deliberately. It's like, well, you can't handle the rest of this. Yeah. It's going to be too well if I tell you the rest of what I would say because no one can understand the atonement completely in mortality. Yeah. But the same, I'm thinking, you know, how many of us are hiding that? Yeah. And then there's the idea of show me your dash and I'll show you mine. It gets to the point where it's like, you know, it's, it mirrors what you said earlier about we get to the point where, oh, wait a minute. I, maybe there's more people who, under, who are going to understand me and not think I'm this or that or that or bad thing They're gonna think than I'm, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it reminds me of also in terms of, I love that, in terms of what's, you show your dash, I'll show you mine. And <laughs> the same thing in terms of like, you know, on our gravestone, our whole life <laughs> is captured in a single yeah, yeah. dash, a dash between born and death. Um, and so what's in your dash? What is in your dash? That's your life. That should and be the tell your story. We'll make that the, uh, yeah. the subtitle for this episode. <laughs> what's in your dash? What's in your dash? Like, like the, the Book of Mormon we have, the title of Jesus Christ. This episode, what's in your dash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like for me, like um, with when I was married, my ex-husband was a, an addict and... I didn't know how to talk about it to anybody because, you know, you're, like, supposed to, like, you know, honor your spouse and, you know, keep, what you know, keep their stuff between the two of you. You know, it's like, I'm, like, trying to keep my covenants. I'm trying to, like, you know, make sure that I'm not doing something wrong. But at the same time, then it creates this wall between you and everybody else, like, that you can't talk about. And there's so many people that go through that. And then we kind of went through this flip side where I left him for a while 
and he started really truly getting in recovery and during that time because he had a wake up call it's like oh it was a huge wake up call and and then it was prompt like I was prompted to do it like Heavenly Father's like if you just let go of him he will heal he will heal just let go and, and now, that's so like that's the hardest yeah. thing to do like ever. Yeah. And so I let and, go. And if you're okay, he's talking about this uh, now, it's like I, I let go, and then he started telling everybody. Like I went to go visit my family just to kind of heal and you know have some people around that I felt safe around. Uh-huh. And he started telling all of our friends and neighbors Gosh. everything that was going on. And when I came back, everybody was looking at me like, we know what's happening with you now. Yeah. And my mom did the same thing in her ward. She's like telling all of her you know, friends oh and neighbors goodness. like everything that's going on. I'm yeah. like, mom, what are you doing? Yeah. It's okay. I love her. I love her. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> but so I was kind of like forced to be yeah. out in the open, like almost immediately. And you it wasn't no really, yeah. it wasn't really my choice. Yeah. And at first I was really upset about it. Yeah. Like, uh, what did you just do without my permission? Yeah. But then people started coming up to him and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, my son's struggling. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And then something flipped inside of me. And then I thought, okay, this is not so bad. Like, if I can help somebody, if somebody can have empathy, like yeah. looking at what I'm going through and compared to whatever they're going through, yeah. then then it's not so bad. Yeah, I love that in terms of like what you said. In terms of if I can help somebody else, and I feel like that's often where we find true healing in our experiences that are so painful, is when we are able to get to that place where we use our pain to help others and to heal others. And that's when we create this cycle of healing between us and them and kind of this community of healing, which is a beautiful thing, but yeah. And it can be scary to be vulnerable. Yeah. Like, it's not easy. Totally. Um, Because for for me, I I think there, there comes a point where, you know, for me, trust is huge, right? It's a really big deal. And my girlfriend knows this, Jess knows this, everybody I trust knows this. And so it's like, for, for someone who gains my trust with everything I've seen the last 10 years in Canada, it's like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally get to the point where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, you, you know what I've experienced. Um, you're not judging me. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. I can trust you. Yeah. And that, like, it's been a massive relief from just moving to Utah brand new. I don't know anyone up here besides my sister and my brother at first. And so it's like, I don't have much people to talk to. I'm brand new here. And then I find those people and I'm like, right, maybe I should trust more people. Maybe I should open up more. And then that there's the more healing can happen. And it has. Yeah. It leaps and bounds. Yeah, and it's hard, like you said, in terms of we've all been hurt. We've all been had moments in our lives where we've been judged or um, you know made fun of or whatever the case may be. So it's hard to open up and break down those barriers that we've built to protect Mm -hmm, ourselves. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it is so essential if we're going to truly heal because because those barriers we've built are are those barriers of isolation that keep us hidden away is is kind of where we also are building a barrier to hope and to healing and to peace and to moving on because we're we're blocking our own path to moving forward wow. mm-hmm. um, through those barriers yeah. that we've built. Yeah. There's a sister Absolutely. missionary who wrote my, pre- my preach my gospel in the MTC. Sister missionary who wrote, uh, your greatest affliction is yourself. Oh, that's, <laughs> I like that. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, totally it's, true. Because, you know, there's, uh, it all, I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place here. It also reminds me of that song, 
Um, oh, it's going to leave me now. I'm going to have to edit this out later, maybe. But <laughs> um, yeah, it left me. Not important, maybe. Well, I had a question. I had a question for you, Patrick. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, as you're going through this healing process, like for someone else, like at the beginning of, of that, you know, where mm-hmm. they are self-critical, where they are blaming themselves, mm-hmm. you know, probably falsely most of the mm-hmm. time, like. How do you take those baby steps to becoming free, like free yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah. I think the key is to find find a community or a person or somebody that you can feel safe with. That's that what can, it was. Yeah. That you can share and open up to because that's where you're going to start opening up a little bit of that, um, all that stuff that's hidden inside. You're going to start breaking through it just a little bit. Just a little crack mm-hmm. is going to start seeping through, and yeah. then and then some of the light's going to get in. It's like with Jenny Lim saying, "Find the person who believes in you." Yeah, mm-hmm. I like, like and, and I, it also reminds me. Have you guys ever heard of the story? Of the, the, the first man who broke the speed of sound who passed it. Uh-uh. So I may be paraphrasing this, but I've heard the story so many times. I'm like, okay, it's probably there somewhere on the internet I just haven't found it yet but, but what what the story I heard about it was you know this he, he you know gets up in the plane and he's he's flying and he's flying and he you know his body is so not used to that so many g forces he has to kind of like okay so 750 miles an hour is it was what I, what I think was the breaking point or whatever or something uh-huh. like that so it's about 850 somewhere in there so he gets up to like Five, four, five, six hundred, and then he's okay. Back off, and then he goes up to like a little bit farther. Like yeah. he goes up to like you know six, six fifty, and then backs off. He gets used to that. His body used to it, and then finally, when he breaks through the sound barrier, you, you, you hear the sonic boom, the yeah. right, and then. He, but what he said afterwards, according to the story I heard, was that the second he broke through that sound barrier, he could accelerate faster than he could beforehand. He's yeah. like, he just broke through, and it's like, whoa, he's flying now. He can accelerate way faster now. It's like he's got a second set of wings all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's like I've found yeah. with when you finally give yourself permission and you feel you know safety from Christ, from those around you, who he uses um, to get to that point. Um, and you find that hope again. It's like maybe I, I don't need to be hard on myself. Yeah. Maybe it's, it can be just a matter of I'll let Christ tell me yeah. where I need to improve. He knows me better than I know myself anyways. Yeah. Maybe I should just let him take that reins, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, like you said, it opens up a world of possibility when you've given yourself that permission to be free from from the the weight of being a judge because you are not a judge. <laughs> um, and, and so that's both for ourselves and for others. Um, we are not the judge, and so love is the path to freedom. Mm-hmm. And so when we love ourselves and we love others, mm-hmm. then we've opened up a mm-hmm. world of possibility well, and opportunity. And one of my other favorite songs, uh, "Native Tongue" by Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. Part of the, the the chorus go the the verses, you know, love is your native tongue. Yeah, it should be everybody's native tongue, yeah. including to yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. It should be the number one thing we speak is love. Yeah, to everyone and, and ourselves. And it's like if you you can't do that, yeah, then maybe you should just let the Savior speak from it and just listen. Yeah, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to me to the things that we say to ourselves. If we were able to, if we were ever to verbalize those towards another person, we would think like, oh my gosh, I can't say that. I can't say that about somebody else. That is horrible. I can't do that. But we, we feel okay about saying it to ourselves. That's All just the not time. right. It's not All right. the time. Yeah. Yeah. You're a human being too. Yeah. You're still yeah. alive. Oh no matter how bad you think you are, the fact that you're still a human being means God hasn't taken you out. 
you still have a chance. You still yeah. have hope. Yeah. He has a plan for you, obviously, or he would have ended your life somehow. Yeah. He would have arranged it. Right? So it's like, like if, if you're still alive, it's like, you know, make love your hope. native tongue to yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, we just really need to speak more kind words to ourselves and build ourselves up more because I feel we're the... We're the first voice that we hear in the morning and the first voice we hear when we go to sleep. And if that voice is always tearing yourself down, then there's no wonder your day is going to be bad. I mean, <laughs> well, and, and even, course, even if you can, if you can get to this point, even better, let the first voice you hear be your Heavenly Father. Yeah. Listen to what He says first thing. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe you know, first thing you wake up, good morning, Heavenly Father, and then just sit there and wait. Yeah. And see what happens. And I guarantee you, He's... Our Father in Heaven, I mean, yes, He is a fair and um, loving judge, but He's never going to, in terms of any word you ever hear that is condemning yourself and tearing yourself down, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you that is not coming from God. Mm-hmm. Never is He going to yeah. do that. And, and so He's yeah. always going to speak in words that are loving and building us up. He'll correct us where we need to be, but it's always going to be in a very loving way. And those way. corrections, maybe some, sometimes they might feel like something negative, but when you see them in the celestial light, it's like, well, no, it's actually a good thing because now you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, oh, we're just going to focus on what you did wrong. No, his, his, his correction is, this is what the problem is, but this is what you do about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I truly believe that God's voice is always a loving voice. And so if ever you feel like um, our own voice, which sometimes crowds out his voice, and you're hearing that voice of negativity and tearing yourself down, and you're thinking that's God, I promise you, it is not. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. Um, and so ignore it. Um, get <laughs> just rid keep of on it. going. No, keep on going. Bring him down to yeah. go to hell, because that's where it came yeah, from. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because. Keep on going, because if you're still alive, there's still a purpose. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been so frustrated and I just prayed. I was like, Holy Father, I don't know how to like get past this. Like, I just, I can't forgive myself for this. And then I just wait <laughs> and, you know, nothing happens. I didn't get struck by lightning. <laughs> I'm still here, so I'm still going to keep trying. And uh, I, I just remember, I know sometimes... It's so hard, especially if anybody else has said negative things to you, like especially, you know, if you were a child and you got talked down to oh, yeah. a lot. Like that kind of become like that can become your self talk mm-hmm. yep. over time. Yep. And I remember trying to like really trying to do the right thing and just really struggling and I found that I had to go and write myself notes because I ended up alone for a long time like in between this process of you know what was happening with my ex before we got divorced you know there was just a huge period of time where he wasn't even there and so it was just me alone and I had to start writing myself notes hey Jess thanks for doing the dishes hey Jess (laughs) you look beautiful today because nobody else was going to say it to me you know and so I just had to like and you might, that might sound like no, I love it. conceited, That's but true. like it was yeah. so healing for my yeah. spirit. I'm serious impressed that that worked for you. That would never work for me. Yeah. I'd, I'd be far too far gone. Like, that's, I'm impressed, seriously. Like, but I love like it. it. It was really, yeah. it worked. Yeah, I think it's, I think writing is a beautiful thing in terms of, especially when we feel in those moments where we can feel as much as we can in, in our mortal state a connection with God. 
and we can feel like we're channeling that a little bit in our writing mm-hmm. and trying to write uh, capture a little bit of what he thinks of us of trying to see through the light mm-hmm. of heaven's mm-hmm. eyes how he views us and then if you can write that then in those moments when you're feeling down when you're feeling dark when you're feeling depressed if you can go back and read that Mm -hmm. um, then that's a great reminder for us to just lift us up and remember who we really are and how God really Mm -hmm. really sees us get past that cloud of lies I counted one time the number of the number of times some form of the word remember is in the Book of Mormon Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it was like between like 40 and 50 something times and I'm like there's a message in there. Helaman 5.12 is one of the key parts too, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember. And because as mortals, you know, we, we forget things. What, what is uh, the first part of Moses, the book of Mosiah, is it, where he says we, we would have suffered in ignorance were it not for these things? The new mm-hmm. Book of Mormon video they just put out yeah. with King Benjamin, he says that, I think, talked about that very thing. We, we, if we went for the scriptures, we wouldn't remember any of what the Lord wants us to know. And the same thing applies to, you know, what you mentioned there. It's like, make it easy for yourself to remember yeah, I think, um, like like you were saying, I think there's there's been voices that have been, like, imprinted in our minds from people that have, you know, torn us down in the past or made, made us feel less than, including ourselves. Um, but I think the, the key to, like, reprogramming our minds to that positivity, I think you captured on something. Reprogram is a good word. Is, yeah. is writing, yeah, it is writing can can help with that I think um, surrounding yourself by positive and uplifting people mm-hmm. making sure you're listening to their voices over other people's voices mm-hmm. um, I think that's the key as well um, and then obviously going to the scriptures and trying to understand truly as best as you can how does Heavenly Father view me because he just loves us more than anything look to his example yeah. yeah and and if we can just capture just a portion of how he feels about us then I don't think any of us would be able to ever be the same. We would just be like, if we could just see just a tiny thing of how he sees us, we would just be changed forever because he just mm-hmm. loves us so unbelievably yeah. much. I, I, I imagine too, and for anybody who's read the book Visions of Glory, you'll get this phrase where he, he mentions what's in a name. Mm-hmm. Like when he calls Joseph by name, for mm-hmm. example, right? And part of that book he mentions like, when he calls you by name, because this man had the Savior call him by name, it, it felt like his name became like a spiritual container for everything he has and is in the father's eyes. Yeah. And so when he hears that and feels it in the father's voice, when he calls him by name, it's like, I think I, this guy says, I think I know how Joseph felt when he had that happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can feel that, right? Wow. And then after that, he said, people called me by my name after that experience. And he said, it felt like they were kind of violating me. It's yeah. just like, they don't use the same reference as the father does. And yeah. it's like, if you can get that feeling, yeah. like, you know, how, or what Joseph must have felt after that. Yeah. Um, it's like, man, what, 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 why do I ever doubt myself? Yeah. If, he, if, if this God who knows me better than I know myself, he sees my weaknesses better than even I do, and yeah. he still believes in yeah. me? Okay, what's my excuse, you yeah. know? Yeah, and what's in a name or what's in a label, if you will? And so if, if you've called yourself or other people have called you, you know, oh, I'm, I'm fat or I'm stupid or I'm gay or I'm... But what's in a label... Well, I'll tell you what's in a label. The most important label is you're a child of God. And if you can take that label and really own that label and make it your own and really understand that you are a child of God with divinity running in your veins, then none of the other labels really stick because that's the most important label of all. It just like everything else becomes irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not even a matter of, oh, they're less important. They really are completely 
not even relevant at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even like um, what's that talk? Neil L. Anderson was it? Who that the you know it's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And in this case, about our divine identity, mm-hmm. then what else matters? Yeah, exactly. What else could possibly matter? Mm-hmm. You know, treat. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just think about there's the scripture in the New Testament. I think it's the Apostle Paul where he says, you know, now we see through a glass darkly, mm-hmm. but then, you know, we see ourselves truly with God. Yeah. And we don't get to see that all the time, maybe. Yeah. But even if you get a little glimpse, don't forget it. Yeah. Golden, yeah. A little golden nuggets, you know? Yeah. And hold on to that. And especially when those moments of darkness come again, try to... Um, write down, capture however you can. Because they will come. Yeah, they will come. But capture however you can so you can go back and remember when you did um, see just a glimpse of how heaven used you. Um, back when you... I think you mentioned that too. Like, just before I got here, like, and I were at the temple, and I was just telling her on the way here, I'm like, oh, it was just so... Like, because it's been a long time for me, right? This was the first time in a long time because... Lorraine sickness up in Canada and just a whole bunch of issues that kept me going for a long for years and now I go back and I'm like having that reminder even just of what, what they what you learn in the temple mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah this is what it feels like yeah. oh okay it's like oh and it just kind of lit this fire under my butt yeah. so to speak yeah. it's like I gotta okay I'm back in the game now you know it does that for you it does that for you yeah so, it's like, Spirit of God, like a fire is burning! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, that's wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what, just for, for our listeners today, Patrick, what is one thing you can say that the Savior um, did for you that really kind of puts you over the top, past that? Because everybody has, you know, those, those little, like, oh, well, I'm trying to do this, you know, some of the things you've already mentioned already, right? I'm trying to do this or that thing. It's just not working. Um, is there something specific you could maybe suggest to listeners that would kind of put them over the top of that level of, um, I, I've been beating my head against a, a brick wall here. None of this is working. You know, some way to, to partner with Christ that says, you know, I am seeking him enough to feel his love in my life. I am, I'm doing that one thing that it takes to really say, I am partnering with you. I'm giving everything up that you want me to. I, I'm, I'm an empty slate. What do I do now? How would you recommend they get to that point? Yeah. I think uh, President Nelson's recent message um, regarding specifically with this year being the anniversary of the first vision and he had, you know, the hashtag hear him. I think if we could have a hashtag of like, um, but like how he sees us, if we can try to figure that out. And so if that's getting down on your knees and just right out frankly asking the question of God how do you how do you see me um, sometimes asking that bold question opens up the door to personal revelation that is going to allow us to to see just a portion of how God sees us and so in my own personal journey especially with the abuse and eating disorder and everything that I've I've gone through I think it was the moment that you know as you said kind of got me over the top was when I could truly love myself again. Um, And that involved um, that wounded child that I had Mm -hmm. within me from when I was abused of loving him, um, loving him as the adult version of myself. And (laughs) and when that, when that little scared boy comes out and says, I've been hurt, I've been made fun of, or whatever the case may be for any of us, we have that little child in us that is, that is, you know, very vulnerable. 
But we can be that adult version of ourselves that says, it's okay, I'm going to get you through this. I am going to be here for you. Um, and that's and talking, talking for to yourself. yourself talking so showing up for yourself. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It's not weird. It's it's not, not, it doesn't have to be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, reassuring yourself that it's going to be okay. I'm going to get you through this. Um, and you are loved, and you matter, and we're going to get through yeah, this and, one day. And the thing is, with, with the whole, I love this, I'm going to get you through this, um, you partner with Christ, mm-hmm. and that becomes something you can't possibly fail at. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself through it, especially, and I, I might even say, it really, really only if you partner with Him, mm-hmm. because He is going to give you that, you know, those little impressions that are going to kind of clear your perspective just enough to say, oh, oh yeah, um, yeah, this is, I, I, I can do this. Yeah. You know, this is worth it. I am worth it. Yeah, definitely. So, so awesome. With that, so with that, feeling like because we're talking about freedom you know freedom from the Mm self-criticism so this can you think of a moment when you were maybe really feeling that inside like you know having (laughs) sirens (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean though yeah Yeah, in terms of when you're really feeling that freedom from those self-criticism yeah, like you feel like you're succeeding, you yeah. feel like you're flying with Christ, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the key um, is to not get discouraged as well. Um, healing and that freedom doesn't come overnight. Um, and so there's going to be times you still feel down in yourself. It, it's like you were saying in terms of that with the breaking the speed record. Same thing with like, I was thinking when you were telling that of, you know, when people climb Mount Everest they have to get to a certain level base camp and then they kind of level, that type of thing and then you get can climb higher normal. that type yeah. of thing mm-hmm. and so obviously when you're reprogramming your mind your brain <laughs> of, from the negativity the voices you've heard throughout your life of, of self-criticism and self-doubt it's going to take time to re program those and to have a new voice um, be the louder one that you, you listen to. You give to. Christ that time that to work sense. with you, Correct. it will happen. It yeah. will happen. Yeah. So I just encourage people not to get discouraged, um, to keep trying, you know, one day at a time, um, to do those small things where you can see that, that light and that um, those moments of clarity when you see yourself again through the light of heaven's eyes. Um, so that you can start making yeah. that a part of you, um, and and, and that's key. That's key as a part of you because yeah. if something is just like, oh, I'm just doing it to get by because I was told to do it, but once it becomes a part of who you are, it becomes a lot easier to have that internal motivation to continue it because, like you know, with me, I, my, my kind of sometimes maybe people think I will go over the top with my zeal for the gospel. I'm like, it's because that is a part of who I am. It's a part of my identity. It's like I can't just turn it off mm-hmm. and so once your nature and that you're, you know who you are at the core once that that switch goes off and, and that part of you changes it's like back to what you were referring to earlier from where I said like it's like you're breaking through the sound barrier it's like oh yeah. I got this okay Heavenly Father thank you I'm going to keep doing this with you you know <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's remembering I think also it's remembering what we used to know because before we came <laughs> to this life yeah. we knew this um, but life beats you down and life wears you down and sometimes and, people do and, and sometimes people yeah. do and, and and so it's remembering it's trying to reset if you will 
to that place where we were before. You know, you look at an innocent baby when you're holding it, a brand new baby that came into this world. He's not thinking negative things about anybody. He's not thinking about <laughs> negative things about himself or about the person down the street or, or this racism so or too. all these other things that yeah. we face in this mm-hmm. world that, that happen. He's not thinking about that because he's just he's pure love in human form. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and we need to get back to that place of remembering mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. was yeah. like. And like. Like I've said, to, I don't remember how many, no, how many people I've said this to so far, is the strongest hearts are the ones that can have the courage to stay soft even after being beaten and hit and hit and hit over and over. If the strongest hearts are the ones who can stay soft in spite of all that. And when you go through that process you just mentioned, right, you get to the point where it's like you can, you know, be, like, conv- like allow yourself to go back to that childhood state, like that, that pure infancy kind of thing, um, that, that can happen, you know? Yeah. That's, that's kind of one of the keys to getting there. Yeah, and I think in terms of like freedom from negativity or freedom from from that, I think that's a beautiful thing to think about as well because I feel like we often can get hard to, you know, the circumstances of our lives that make us jaded or all these types of things. But for some reason, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but all the things I've gone through in my life, I feel like it's one of those things that you would never wish, you would never wish it upon your worst mm-hmm. enemy. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I want to change it for the world because it's made me who I am and it's made me be able to <clears throat> view others in, in, a, in a different way than I, I don't think I would have otherwise. And I just, I mean, again, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and that there aren't <laughs> people that bother me or that sort of thing where I think negatively at times, you know, when you're driving on the road, you're mad at somebody, that type of thing. At the same time, like, I, like, and I'm, I'm feeling this more and more as I'm getting older. I mean, I'm not that old, but, 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 but I just love people. I really do. I love people. Just like, up, uh, yeah, both I, just, I just, like... Everybody is so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, people will see that on my brightness and hope page. I'm always commenting on people and I'm always saying, you're amazing or that type of thing. And I feel like some people are like, I hope people don't feel like, well, he says that to everybody. So there's no way that I can be amazing. But I do. I feel it for everybody. Like, I just think people are amazing. Yeah. And even all of our differences, our uniquenesses, so, our quirkinesses, so I, I love it. So all. when I post this yeah, on the brightness of hope group, that. by the way, because that's one of my biggest traffic pages on Facebook, for all you people who listen to this, when I post it on there, you heard it from Patrick now. He means it every single time, okay? <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. yeah, I love it too. Well, I was waiting for an hour just to get inside the Costco today. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm an extrovert. Uh-huh. And I, I teach at home, so I hardly ever, you know, get to get out. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, bouncing up and down. Like, most people are like, oh, I'm stuck in a line. But yeah. I was like, oh, I get to see a person here. And I get to see a person here. And I get, and that's a child of God, and that's a child of God. <laughs> I child of God. Yeah, I was, on, I was on tracks the other day, and the train, the train broke down. <laughs> Um, and it was a crowded train, and I was sitting there, and I was looking down at my phone, and I was like, where's my mask? I know, I, yeah, I was, <laughs> this was before all that, but, oh, okay, um, okay. But, um, but I was looking down at my phone, scrolling through Facebook, and I was just feeling frustrated, and I was like, oh, I just want to go home, and that type of thing, and then I heard a voice in my head, and it said, look up, and so I was like, all right, and I turned off my phone, and then I put it away, and I looked up, and I just started looking around the tracks train, and there I just love people. I just looked at them and I just looked at all these people. And like you said, mm-hmm. these are children of God. And like some yeah. of them, you know, there was a person that looked like, you know, a homeless person that was on the tracks train or somebody that looked like they might have 
been struggling with drug addictions. You could smell the alcohol in their breath. Or that, or, and I, each of them I looked at and I just thought, they probably have a story to tell. That their life is yeah. not easy. That's one of the reasons they, I do this they, podcast. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably have gone through some hard things. And if we could just understand for a second, walk in their shoes for a second. Find out their why. Oh, we would love them even more than mm-hmm. anything. We would, be, we would just want to squeeze them and say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You've been through yeah. so much, but we love you and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like I when, think that's when, what we need to get to in yeah. this world. Yeah. Like when my editor puts up the, the article I just wrote for LDS Blogs like mm-hmm. about finding their why. Yeah. Right. Listeners and everybody here, read that one because that's that, if you can find out their why. And the thing is, that also applies to what you're talking about here too with, with yourself. Yeah. Think about why those thoughts are coming to you. If you have a negative thoughts about yourself, analyze it. Ask the question. Joseph Smith asked a question. Look where it got him. Yeah. Ask the question to yourself. Why, am, why is this happening? Yeah. Why is this thought coming into my head? How much truth is there to it? Take your thoughts to trial, you know? Yeah. And if you can figure out the why, then you are one step closing. What was it? One step. Let me find one step closer. <laughs> To you know, having that full, full, full partnership with Christ and being able to send that, those yeah. thoughts awake forever. You yeah, know? I love that of asking the why. Why am I thinking this? Of and like I said, in terms what's of, the real reason? Yeah, and we would never like again some of the stuff we say to ourselves. We would never say to anybody else. And so why? Why is that? Why do we feel okay to say it to ourselves, but we would never say it to anybody else? And really dig deep and understand that of, mm-hmm. of trying to understand that why. I think is mm-hmm. smart. Awesome. Well, we have, man, we just have a ton of awesome stuff here. I'm excited to get this out to people. Thank you so much, Patrick, for all of your Thank input you. so far. If so everybody has any like any closing thoughts they want, I hope I didn't really cut anybody off there or whatever. But, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wonderful. So, um, wow. Don't you <laughs> just love him after that? <laughs> What else is? What else? I say one little wow. Like, is that another word? English isn't good enough. Um, my goodness, especially that that last thing he mentioned there, like with the ask the why, you know, like ask yourself where those negative thoughts are coming from. And the answer is always going to be the same. And they're not coming from you. Yeah. I mean, if negative thoughts come, I mean, negative things can come that maybe that we perceive as negative from the Lord when He's correcting us. But that's not about ourselves. That's about what we've done. There's a difference, right? There's, there's, yeah, there's shame is difference. yeah shame is I am bad guilt is I did bad the Lord will never say you know you are this you are that he'll say what you did is this what you did is that right he won't make it about you he'll make it about the action mm-hmm. anytime he talks about you as a person Ever, and then he'll remind you who you are yes. you know like when Satan is putting you down he like he'll put this really horrible grotesque picture of you you know of what you know how he wants you to feel about yourself and it's like a gargoyle you know it's not real and it's ugly and oh my goodness exactly it is just it's like it was a brigham young we mentioned during the episode was it who said if you have a negative thought about yourself tell it to go to hell because that's where it came from exactly <laughs> yeah and, and and just speaking you know don't speak to yourself worse than you would speak to your neighbor yeah I love like the Patrick, even his tone of voice. Yeah. His tone of voice in that section. It's like we 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 say these things about ourselves, but we we say them to others. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Like they're yeah, people yeah, too. We should and, be as kind to ourselves as we are to other people. Yeah. Because uh, we are children of God too. You know, like when Holy Father, you know, is telling you to love his children, that includes yourself too. Yeah, your children, right? Yeah, I remember uh, what was it uh, kind of an in passing thing. 
you were, I was uh, talking to Claude, uh, it was like a day or so ago, and I was sending her a Marco Polo, and in the middle of my Marco Polo, I forgot you could do this on the app, she's like, oh, be nice to yourself, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, yep, yep, I know, so she's just precious and wonderful, but yeah, man, you know, the subway thing, oh my goodness, that was just golden. Well, after you can love yourself, that you know, like, how often do we not take the time to look up? How often yeah. do you not take the time to look someone else in the face? I mean, like, that whole thing, why I was so happy to go stand in the line at Costco. <laughs> I was so happy because I was, like, looking at this person in the eye, looking at this person in the eye, just wondering, like, yeah. I wonder what's like, going on in their life. I like life. the in the eye part, too. Yeah. Because... Eyes are the window to the soul. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, if more people actually looked at each other in the eye when we spoke to each other, it's really hard. Especially when you look at, your, like, look at yourself right in the eye in the mirror, too. I mean, I think that might be good for some people because it's really hard to look at yourself or anybody else in the eye and say something negative. And, oh, ooh, like, I think if, if I did that, I'd, I'd ever be like, I just, my immediate follow-up would be, Okay, oh, uh, that's probably not true. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't just rest like that. I'd just be like, look in the eye and say so that. Didn't, no, I, I, I couldn't, oh, I'd just be like, no, that's got it. That's, I take that back. Never mind. <laughs> that's what I would do, you know? Like, yeah, totally no, do it to ourselves. Just, but yeah, like, um, but when you feel secure about who you are, when you accept yourself, when you love yourself, that's when you have room love your neighbor mm -hmm. that's when you feel safe to put yourself in another person's shoes yeah and the fact that he's you know he's taking something so <laughs> heavy heavy and so difficult and to i mean you can just see how the saviors worked with him because the savior's antidote is always full of light and mm -hmm. um he is the ultimate antidote of everything anyway yeah but his antidote is not heavy ever it, you know his mm -hmm. burden is light yeah take was it the, the scriptures take like, take my burden upon you for my yoke is burning my or, how do you say that the, my yoke is easy and my burden is light or something like that uh -huh. um and you now he that's the whole point of the atonement is if if you want to really take advantage of christ's atonement learn to see yourself give you permission give yourself permission to see yourself that's the way to say it. um the way he does and did when he was in the garden. He saw you clearly enough to take upon him every negative thing you ever thought about yourself. You don't need to do it again. He already did that. And after the healing comes, you know, after you heal your neural pathways about how you think about yourself, you know, yeah. what thoughts you let in your mind and what thoughts you don't let your mind, after you do that work, and you have that good, strong sense of self, like, he made this... Facebook website, and he's right, reaching so out cool. to other Check people. that out one. Yes, check yeah, that out. he's reaching out and helping other people not feel alone, and that's why he shared a story in the first place because he wants to make sure that, hey, we're all going through things. We're all in this together. Yep. You have to share that brightness of hope with each other, you know? Yep. Otherwise, how are we going to do it? Once again, like the Italians, singing in the street to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, wow. So, hope you enjoyed Finally. that. Um, next weekend, we've got Rebecca Plord, uh, interview with her. She's a teacher in Texas. She's also from season one, I promise. Next time, we will have somebody new um, <laughs> on the show. Um, so check that out when it comes out. It's going to be great. 
if you haven't listened to the bonus episode that's coming out this weekend as well, please listen to that one. Lots of golden nuggets for people. Um, specifically focused on finding brightness and love and and hope, similar to what Patrick mentioned, in the middle of this virus garbage we're all going through. Um, just some suggestions that um, both came from me and from Julia and from Jess about um, ways to write this out in a way that you, you, know, you, don't, you don't just stop living, you don't just stop feeling and thinking and loving and doing good things. It's not like this stagnant part of humanity, this period where it's like, oh, humanity just stopped. No. Everything is canceled except, as Deseret News said today, kindness and empathy. Those are not canceled. And so there are ways that we describe that in the bonus episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you have anything that you got good out of this episode, please go and give the follow link a click on paulpulsifer.podomatic.com. Yeah, let us know what you think. Please. Yeah, and then Jess's email is, once again, jlsellers at gmail.com. Yeah, and then mine is thepulsifier at gmail.com. Uh, send us messages if you, if, if like if you guys want to participate. Yeah, yeah. participate, please send those in. Um, tell us a little bit about it so we can have you on. Um, written reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook are also very helpful. And don't forget to check out Justice Magazine at. Oh yeah, allthehundredmagazine.com. Awesome stories there too. Um, and feel free to ask her if you want to submit your story to her. Um, I'm sure she's more than willing happy to have more stories of people who overcome. Um, so remember, lastly, to stand steadfastly in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul Pulsifer and Jessica Sellers. Have a great day, guys.